Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On My Block Packers podcast. Uh, another somber Monday. This Packers lost again. Now, this time to the Denver Broncos, uh, who managed to score just 19 points, and that was still good enough to beat our offensive head coach-led Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Well, Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, review on our YouTube channel, Process to Perform. You can find me at uh, MikeWell68 on Twitter, Process to Perform, and Instagram. Our show, as always, is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, esports, football, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Broncos are now 2-5 and five because they beat Packers 19-17. And... Uh, this was not a good game. You know, 331 yards total for the Green Bay Packers, 17 points. The the Broncos managed to, in all their dysfunction, they managed to to, to score 19, uh, 339 yards. Numbers for both quarterbacks, very very pedestrian. Number, just a just a not a good football game with two bad with two bad teams. Here are the themes of the day that I just can't get over. Number one. Offensive line, tight ends, DeGuara at the fullback position, you have to be better. Like, you have to play better on a consistent basis. We get beat on stupid, easy, not schematics, not they did a good job guessing the play here. We get beat because we don't block and we don't have good footwork. We're in the wrong body position. We win. You just get beat sometimes. You don't need to get beat. And this team is not a good – this is one of the worst – defensive football teams in the National Football League. And number two, defensively, tackle the ball carrier. You gave up over 140 yards rushing. Now, the Denver Broncos can run the football, but tackle the ball carrier. And we're going to get into, like, our the pass rush idea that they had for Russell Wilson, which, I mean, but just tackle. You have to tackle the ball carrier on a consistent basis. And again, what is absolutely baffling is that you're coming off a bye week. What do you do during a bye week? You get better at the base. Make sure your guys are hammered in on the basics. We talked about it last week. What do we hope? If we go back in time, what do we hope they get accomplished during the bye week? I hope they get their footwork right so they can block and tackle better. That's all we said. Make sure you can block and tackle really well. You won some games. And they didn't seem to do that. I'm going to go back to our bye week questions. Before we get into the tape, I just want to go into the bye week questions again and just answer the questions that we had from last week. Are we going to do this? How Number one, how can Green Bay defense, 14th overall, effectively stop the run? We were giving up 143 
yards per game. But we can't. We gave up 145 yards rushing for the Broncos. And I don't I didn't count them, but if I bet you were double digit, double digit missed tackles in this football game. And those things add up, man. Like somebody goes, Well, that was only a yard, that was only four yards. Some of them are 10. Some of them are, you know, some four yards at 10 times is 40 yards rushing. That's a big difference. I mean, it, these things are they they matter. Number two. How does this team generate more rushing yards? We're only at 81 yards per game, 27th, good for 27th overall. We did do that. We got 137 yards on 29 carries. What was the difference? Well, we talked about it last week, the difference between sometimes Aaron Jones runs and A.G. Dillon runs. It actually happened this, this game that we probably have, we'll probably we see, but we probably haven't talked about it so far. The difference was you had some explosive runs. You had four, you had four ball carriers that had a 10-plus yard run. Explosive runs make the difference. In these games, with if you can get a couple, you get that's a bad football team you're playing. If you can break a couple runs, all of a sudden that 81 yards we talked about it last week goes to 120, goes to 130. All of a sudden, you feel really good about yourself. Aaron Jones gets eight carries for 35. It's not a great day, it's a welcome sight. Get him back. AJ ran really hard, he missed some plays, but he ran really hard. He did good in the run and the past game. Set us up for some success late in the game. There was a holding call. We, you know, everybody knows. Question number three: How can Jordan Love increase efficiency over the next month? Not only this game, but over the next couple of months, Steelers, Rams, Vikings. You, you got some games you can win. Fifty-five percent completion percentage going into the game. Eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, or six interceptions, ten sacks. Did he get better? Yeah. 21 for 31, 180 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I think he got sacked maybe once. Here's the thing that's happening with Jordan Love. One, on like the last pick, he's locked into that play. They got the coverage they wanted. He's going to throw the ball. Watson's on in the game. Torrey, he got hurt, didn't play before. I'd say Torrey will show it. He misses big plays. Big plays on blitz pickup. Um, he's got happy feet right now. Like the touchdown to Dobbs in the back of the end zone, like, that's a bad throw. I mean, given what's going on there, if you watch the pocket and work, get your feet right, throw a dart, right? You get lucky on a couple of these things. You make your own luck as well. Everything, you know, I, that all balances out. I don't want to, I don't want to create that narrative. And then the other thing is your receivers have to make you better. We'll show a red line throw that, you know, if you don't hold the red line, you can't make a red line throw. Red line throws on the sideline. We've talked about it before. If you don't hold the red line as a receiver and you let the, the uh, the corner push you into the sideline. It's tough to make catches. It's tough to make plays for your quarterback. Number four, are we running what we are good at or what we know how to coach? Now, we held a team to 19 on defense. They're a bad team. But we held them to 19 on defense. That, that should be good enough to win. Okay? Offensively, and this is an offensive-led football team. This has been an offensive-led football team. This is an offensive head coach. Matt LaFleur was uh, was the owner of the 24th or 25th ranked offense in Tennessee when he got hired by Green Bay. Then he went 13-3 three years in a row with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Last year didn't go so well. Now we're here. Our last four games, 18 points, 20 points, 17 points, 17 points. I, I, don't, I, I played for John Fox. John Fox would tell us, if you – John Fox – Thought our offense was not good at all. Didn't care. It was a defensive coach. All he cared about was defense. John Fox, and it used to infuriate me. I mean, I'm telling you, I can't. I The arguments that we used to have about this that stem from this conversation. 
But he used to say, if you score 20, you should win the game. Because I don't think my defense should give up more than 20 points. We can't score 20 points. In other words, the bar was 20. 20 was a low bar. We were thinking, I'm coming from Green Bay. We're scoring 30 a game. 20 was a low, low bar. That's all they were asking for. We can't even get 20 points. In other words, the worst scenario in my professional career as far as expectations, we're not reaching. I That's a problem. Way too many footwork errors. Way too many assignment errors running past. And this team is just not good enough to miss out on opportunities to find success. That was one of the worst defense. Here's here's the stats going into that game. Uh, the Broncos under uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, you know, Vance Joseph, who I like Vance. I work with Vance in Miami, but it hasn't been easy for him uh, this last year. They were last in points at 31.7. They dropped 70 burger by Miami. Last in yards per game, 440. Last in rushing, 172.3 yards per game. So obviously better than that in every category against us. And it just leads to that that fifth question, which was tough. Is like, is, is this the right – are we in rebuild mode? Is this the right staff for the rebuild? And the only thing I'd ask right now is like, what do you – I don't know what should change. Jordan loves – you've got to give Jordan Love time to find success. You have to give Coach LaFleur time to figure out uh, what – this offense can be good at. My concern is when you are not when when you're doing the basics wrong all the time, like every every it's it's just all over the tape. Every single game, you just got guys not taking the right foot, just basic stuff, footwork, body position, hands. If you're not doing that and you got young players and you're just trying to inundate them and overload them with scheme, I just think it's it's just a tough recipe for success. Let's watch some tape. Start with the defense. This is kind of expectations, right? This is the expectations that you have going into the game is you're going to pressure Russell Wilson. He's going to try to flesh himself from the pocket. We thought maybe Quay Walker would be a spy in this game. He was not. They had a different rush plan. And uh, and we we get him to throw the ball away like he does in the first play of the game here. Quay comes up, makes a great play. Now, this is the thing that, you know, Sean Gary is really, really good. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But the difference right now between Rashawn and, like, and I'm not Miles Garrett. That's not fair because there's nobody like Miles Garrett. But some of the I mean, – TJ – some of the premier, premier guys, right, is if – when I watch Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle for the Broncos, I'm like, man, this is going to be an all-you-can-eat buffet. Just because he's tall, the way he sets, the leverage, the things that, like the things that Rashawn is good at, like he's not. But when you just run straight up field here and you get high on the quarterback, you create this opportunity for Russell Wilson to step up and leave the pocket, and you're really feeding into what this tackle wants you to do. In other words, what he doesn't want you to do because he turns early is run right into him and make him stop his feet and open up. Now, the downside of potentially is if you have a rush plan and you're saying like, hey, defensive, because there is no interior pass rush. Zero. Quarterback can step up all he wants. And you saw this kind of cone filling up around Russell Wilson. And maybe because they didn't want to spy, because they did they did do a lot of, they're releasing a lot of their backs. They're basically going five five-man protection for most of the game, or a lot of the game, I should say. 
chip out with the tight ends, et cetera. Maybe what they're saying from a defensive perspective is we don't want to waste a guy spying Russell Wilson. So what we're going to do is create this opportunity. Like we're not going to let him get out of the pocket. So we're just going to build these, this wall up. And that's why they were rushing high. That's why the, the interior defensive linemen weren't getting the push that you would think they would get against what is not a very good Denver Broncos offensive line. But when you see these routes, the green routes, what he's doing, the red routes, what he could do, uh, you know, just from the jump, just going straight up field, like that's not very hard. Like my, my, you don't have to be very good to make that a successful block, especially when your quarterback wants to leave anyways. Interesting. Just an interesting way to start the game. So you see pre-snap. We talked about it last week. What is Russell Wilson good at? He can throw the deep ball, and if you if you tell him pre-snap where he's going to go and he can throw on time, he's going to look good. So obviously Jair Alexander's out. Valentine's in. And Cortland Sun is their, their best offensive weapon right now. So he's at the bottom of the screen. This is an easy pre-snap read for Russell Wilson It's as far as safety rotation. This is easy. So now they know the safety's coming from all the way to the other side. They just throw the fade, big play, down to the 40-yard line. Like, that's just not very – that's not very hard. And that doesn't – like, you still have to make plays in the National Football League, right? And so, like, I'm not saying that's a bad scheme thing or anything. But when you're kind of showing – it's like the information you give, it's, people see that. If my safeties are, are off five yards, you know, one is five yards deeper than the other, and that usually means that one of them comes down and the other one drops, like I already know what the rotation is. You, you might as well just line up with how you want to play. You see there's just no, – in this pocket, there's just no pass rush. There's just no pass – Preston's high. Uh, Rajon's coming in, inside, but from, from the interior, there's just no pass rush. I mean, this is an easy ball. And when you give Russell Wilson easy chances, step up, throw it, has – what do we say? Vision and decisions. Vision and decisions. Good under center play action. This is the thing that Russell did this week that, you know, we were kind of hoping he wouldn't, quite frankly, is just throw the check down. He's sim He's not let Russ cook. He's simmering. He throws the check down on schedule. They get their eight yards. Keep playing. Meet moving the sticks. I love this play. They ran this a couple times. This is a very confusing play. So they run the split flow, but they have a fullback in the backfield, and they're running everybody that direction. So you see what this does to the defense. Got a lot of confusion here. And then Preston's going to get cut. Misses that back. We missed tackles. Missed tackles all over the board. It's just tough. One guy. I, I love watching this guy, man. I, this dude is just. He's just fun to watch. He's just intense. Upfield, dive over, jump over the guy to make the play. Just love it. Just absolutely love what he does. Now, for every, I put this on Twitter, and I don't. Maybe I shouldn't sometimes because people on, I don't know, Twitter is kind of a funny animal. This is a third and one goal line situation, goal to goal situation. Excuse me, third and one. It's on the. It's on. I think they're on the four or the three. So my point is this. They've brought in extra offensive linemen. They have two tight ends in the game. We're in nickel. Okay. And so you have uh, Ford and, and Quay combined weight of maybe 450 pounds, maybe. And you've got a 300-pound offensive lineman and two 250, 260-pound tight ends. And they're just going to run the, the play that we talk about all the time, kick. They're going to run kick here. And it's like this could this literally just couldn't be easier. Now, Rashawn Gary, I th somebody gets a holding call. I forgot who it was. 
there's a holding call that calls this playback, but that's just, I mean, my point is, my point is this, like if you're on the field and you see them subbing all those guys and you're like, Hey, we're staying nickel and we're just going to go jam front here. You're going like, well, that doesn't, that's going to be hard. That's a difficult one to make happen. You know, um, you don't want players to stop believing in what they're doing. And right there, just from a just from like a personnel standpoint, that's that's a really really tough ask on a third and one. I know this worked out because of the holding call, but it's, it doesn't matter. It's like you still you're doing what you're doing. Now, Enigbar, this is what I thought we were going to see all day. I thought this is what we're getting: just a lot of McGlinchey on the ground, whiffing on inside moves. Enigbar does a great job, stops the guard. Quay fills the hole, makes a play. Visions and decisions, right? Pre-snap stuff. Get some quick timing routes for Russell Wilson. On these outs, we know we're going to play him off a little bit. Jairo's not in the, in the game. Got the inside move here on the timing route. And, uh, again, I this is one of those things where I'm, I'm just surprised that we didn't see this more often. I mean, this is, it's so easy to beat the guy inside. It's, it's, it's all over tape. It's all over tape. Got another one here. Arm over. Russell's getting these balls off, but you just feel like there's pressure there. It gets knocked down. I think that was Enigbari. Did a great job. And it's like sometimes when you got a guy that's open for business, I remember I was playing, I was coaching in Miami and the, and the, and the D-line coach, the coordinator, somebody wanted – they wanted our our ends to run upfield because they didn't want Tyrod Taylor to take off running, so they just had to get up to his height and stop. And look, Bill, Par- Bill Belichick, excuse me, and the Patriots have had pass rush plans for different quarterbacks for years. Very, very successfully. Because it's not about – with Russell Wilson, it's about like he might get sacked a bunch, he might – run around a lot, but when he runs around, he seems to be better than when he's in the pocket. So that's the thought process. Like, it's not that it's not valid. It's just when it, it's just sometimes, uh, I guess frustrating because you, you just see these mismatches and I don't know that's what they did. I'm just assuming because there was no pass rush pressure up the middle and we weren't taking advantage of that inside rush. At least Rashawn wasn't like I thought it would. Here we go up the middle pressure. Like, where are you? So you got Quay one-on-one for a tackle here. There's no, but there's really no, up the middle pressure. I mean, one of the guys at the line of scrimmage. So good throw. And then Quay just misses this tackle. And these that's 15 yards. That's 15 yards added up. Talked about it already. Alexander, or Valentine's on a mismatch. Cortland Sun is going to have him all day. And he's just going to continue to make plays as long as they put him in a situation where he can make plays. Uh, I think we got up top Jerry Judy is going to run like a a chair and I mean, nobody's covering this guy. Valentine's inside out running straight back. I think we forgot that he was on the field and explosive play. Just an easy explosive play. Great job. The motion here comes down. And forces the DBs to switch this. And once they switch, you got the matchup you want on the outside. Great route. And you see the – so Valentine's interesting because he's he's a, he's a bit of a long strider. 
So as soon as he turns slow and he's a long strider, he's trying to catch up and Judy just makes a hard right. And listen, like your first, your first round pick guys, your, your top wide receiver should beat your, your, what really is your fourth, you know, cornerback with you talk about Eric Stokes or Sewell, Jair Alexander, obviously like he's on your fourth guy at this stage in his career, he should be getting beat by these guys. It's just, it, you know, it makes it tough with the kind of coverages you, there's a lot of things going on here that are, that are very, very difficult. And, uh, Sometimes, you know, it's very easy for us to complain about coverages and whatnot. But you look at like if you if you really are, it's it's like last night the Miami Dolphins are missing three of their offensive linemen, and everybody just wants to like, well, the other guys are pros; they got to play. It's like the difference between Jai Alexander and, and Valentine, seismic man. Like it's it's a big deal. Like having one guy in the field versus the other at this stage in their careers, respectively, it's a big deal. Maybe Valentine turns into be an All Pro and. You know, that's great, but right now it's just a different. Talk about the pass rush plan. And I just don't see a lot of pressure up the middle. And again, you understand if that's what they're trying to do. But if I see both tackles backs pushing them back past Russell Wilson, and then there's nobody, there's nowhere, there's everywhere, excuse me, for him to step up and take off. Like this is a big play in the game, and I guess we we probably fell asleep a little bit because he hasn't been doing it because it had been working. But a vital, vital part of the game right here ends up being uh, I think that was a go ahead field goal. So they recycle this play again, and you just see how this affects the the linebackers, everyone. So Quay's got to follow. Let me show this again. So Quay's got to follow the fullback out for the flat. Sean Gary's thinking this is a keep pass. Then he, they're just going to kick out with the backside guy. And we're trying to catch him on the backside with Keyshawn Nixon. We're trying to catch the, the running back. But the problem is either Slayton or McDuffie's wrong. Like nobody gets to really gets to the, the outside gap here. Slayton's blocked five yards off the line of scrimmage. We have a car crash at the line of scrimmage between McDuffie and can't tell who that is. And this just turns into a, another big, big play. Again, tackling matters. And Kenny Clark, I thought Kenny Clark was going to have a monster day. I thought Kenny Clark was going to have a signature game. And I don't know if he wasn't allowed to by the pass rush. I don't know. But after watching Chris Jones, I know that Chris is, is, is probably a better player than Kenny but I thought he would have one of those games and he'd had some opportunities for, for penetration here on this left guard. Like you're doing your job. You're doing a great job here. I mean, this has got to be a, a tackle for loss somewhere in the backfield. This is certainly enough time for the corner to corral and get to the line of scrimmage and, and, and break down. Rasul doesn't. Rasul has been pretty reliable. I mean, let's just, I mean, he's been a, a reliable player. Misses a tackle here. And again, it's not like this isn't a touchdown. But, you, you know, five, six yards, man, on these missed tackles, they add up fast when you miss so many. So if you're playing, you know, whether you call it cup, top hat, all these different ways to play bunch formation. If you're the press guy at the front, you either need to jam him, right, or you guys have to switch. Because they're always going to run upfield, in, and the and the, um, the inside guy is going to run out. 
and, and make the Rasul in this case run the loop. And if you don't jam this guy at the line of scrimmage, if you get jammed and push back like like we do here, I mean, just gets absolutely manhandled. Now Rasul's got to run the loop, run the wheel here, and just can't catch up. This is just the this is as easy as it's going to get. And what's the first read for the safety here? I don't know. He's opening to it. Is he ever going to be able to make it there? Probably not. But that's why Rasul is so upset. He has no chance to make that play. He's on their number one receiver. He has no chance to make that play. And it's all because of what happens at the line of scrimmage. That's being physical. That's a, that, that is not, it's not a coaching thing, but that is a thing that you learn on the practice field that needs to be able to transfer. Kenny Clark, one of my favorite players. You know, this is these guys are subs, these guys are not all pro. This is not an all pro right guard. And this happened a couple times. He gets reached here. And so Quay hits backside because the center's coming up. Because quite frankly, Kenny's supposed to be in the other gap. He gets reached and pushed through. And those little plays. They just continue to add up and add up and add up. You get four yards when you should, we shouldn't add anything. And that's the kind of game it was. You saw, you saw some of the defenders tired, obviously the, the, the air, the air being thinner up there has, has an effect and all of that. But it's tough when you score 19 points and you're like, got to do better. But right now this team's got to do better. I've ran a couple of these plays in a row for just just to, just to contrast how both teams started out. So first thing you got, you got Elton Jenkins pulling, okay, and they're just running like a gap scheme. Now, I'm going to back it up. Zach Tom picks up a linebacker who comes down. They're going to run like a cross dog. So Zach picks this guy. Good job. Okay, don't take it in the chest, right? Don't get knocked back, but at least you picked him up. Fair enough. Okay, now. Really, Elgin's got to switch and go tight for this a linebacker who's sitting uh, in, in the green circle. But when you see color, you hit color. So Elgin's absolutely right. Musgrave's not handling this guy. He's got a, a stalemate, which is fine. I mean, the tight end gets a stalemate, you just run through the block. So Elgin lays this dude out, but it's just too hard to make that turn. This They just kind of have us in this situation. So he does a great job, pushes the guy off. And he just follows up for the outside linebacker. But really, you got to get up and lead. The problem is Aaron saw this, Jones. Aaron wants to go right off Zach Tom's butt right here, okay? But he sees what's happening, figures there's some space outside and just doesn't hit this downhill because he sees that linebacker walking around. And he turns this into something, but it could have been something more. Next play. This this Elton's a good football player, and I'll be the first to tell you that we all get bad footwork time to time. It's just when your team's not playing well, you need your best guys to just have these really good games, really consistent games. You don't want to have tackles for loss. You don't want to have missed assignments. And he just has bad footwork here, right? Second play of the game, you cross over, and you get beat. Tackle for loss, right? So you put yourself in a third long situation. Um they check it down to AJ, you know, plays over. Next series you go out, we talked about last week, you know, what is Jordan Love good at? Well, one of the things he's good at is run those quick outs, man. 
put him on a timer. Pop and go. Easy for him. These Those are the things he can do all day. He, he always throws them on time. He's super accurate. Just got to be able to do it. Now, everyone's asking about Rasheed Walker. How's he doing? What happened in this game, at least early on, was he's in there looking at the ball, trying to figure out when the snap is. And he's laid off the ball for like the first two, three series. And so you got the penetration there. You got the backside where I believe that's the Gore coming across on the split flow action. Yep. He just whiffs on the linebacker. No, I'm wrong. What am I looking at? Wrong play. Sorry to Gora. So we got Rashid Walker. We got a cut early by AJ. Runyon's, Runyon's man is showing color in the uh, in the plus side A gap. And then Zach and the tight end get split. Plays being made. DeGuara, I apologize. Wrong play. What is the first rule of the screen game? First rule of Fight Club. First rule of the screen game is this. You do not double team the play side rushers. Why? Because if you stop them from rushing, they will find a reason not to rush and they will look for what else is going on. And this guy doesn't make the play, but because he's in the play and we have to worry about him, we can't get to the guy who does make the play. And this is like Joe Philbin used to make us run a screen drill all the time. Why? Because it takes reps to get good at this stuff. And this is the kind of like, football IQ, mental errors. That's not, I don't even know what to call it. That just, you go, it's a you or me call. If I'm John Runyon Jr., I say you or me. You means, Zach Tom, you're blocking it. Me means I'm blocking him and you get out of the way. But one way or another, we're not going to double team this four-eye so he stops the rush. And then as we try to release, he goes, oh, where are you guys going? I think I'll go with you. Doesn't make any sense. Again, he doesn't make the play, but now we can't get up to the linebacker. Right. And then Musgrave, <laughs> Musgraves, you know, sometimes it's like a welcome to the NFL stuff. It's like uh, you see these tight ends like who play volleyball in high school and stuff or, or uh, in college and then they become tight ends. That's not Luke at all. But like, you know, sometimes like tight ends don't run in a manner. You saw Chelsea, uh, Travis Kelsey get dumped last year by uh, the old boy from uh, the Chargers, uh, Derwin James. And you just go like, all right, some of these tight ends need to learn how to you know, run through contact a little bit. Footwork wins and loses games. This is what I keep talking about. Like, you can you can have uh, statistically, oh, we had 4.7 yards per carry. It's great. It's like, what's your consistency like? So I'm just going to break this down. Elgin Jenkins, not bad, but you turn your you turn your backside into the hole. So it's, it turns into a stalemate where you give the, the running back only one way to go. Josh Myers steps directly behind himself. When you step when you step behind yourself, your second step is short. You're high into contact. Now you're going to turn your your backside into the hole, and and leave the running back only one direction to go. John Running Jr. doesn't take a second step upfield, so he's not being aggressive. So he catches the guy. All right. So now he's kind of going to end up working against Zach Tom. They're going to be kind of wedging like this instead of going hip to hip upfield, and they don't get any movement. This is the play, uh, and it wasn't DeGuar. It was backside of – who was this backside? On the split flow look here, 
Who is that? Is that Musgrave? Yeah. So he whiffs. But you see, the, the reason these plays don't work is, you know, they got their they got their their big uh, nose tackle here. Meyer steps back. And so he's tall, doesn't have his power, and he's turned his backside to the hole. You don't get movement on the three technique. You know, running ends up on his knees. Linebacker's free to make a play. And it's just footwork. Like, it's literally nothing else. And and four guys you highlighted of not doing the right thing. Now, Rasheed Walker. If he gets off the ball, so he changes everything up a little bit, and he gets off the ball, he looks great. Good job. It's excellent. Hands inside, gets a little help. That's a good. I mean, the, it's not like the kid can't play. Whatever. Oh, he can't do this. He's a, get. He's the first couple of series. He's literally is looking in, trying to figure out how to get off the ball. Didn't turn in a great performance. I'm just saying, there's room to grow there. This is this is the other stuff. If you want to make Jordan Love a good player, these guys can't screw up this route. You can't have a guy just stop running. And what are we doing? Hey, arms out. You got the palms up thing again. He's going to get yelled at by the floor when he gets to the sidelines. You know, this is the stuff that is just – we haven't experienced this level of volatility and execution because we've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks that, quite frankly, until last year was the first year where you're like – you know, it, it wasn't that Aaron was accepting of it. He was furious about it, and it became a huge point of contention – but, you know, for the prior 25 years or, or, you know, they didn't have these issues as consistently as they're having them this year as far as just like not running the right route. Let's look at some positives. This is clinic tape blocking. I, there's some good stuff in this game. I mean, again, like the Denver Broncos, this is a good job. Yeah, backside. First of all, I was like watching uh, Ellen Jenkins on the backside of stuff. One, two foot in the ground, bang, bang, gets that foot in the ground, gets the arm extended, turns the shoulder so Rasheed Walker can take over. Next thing, probably the most important, watch Josh Myers' first step. Gains ground. In other words, he can lose ground, but I should say he gains leverage. So he gains horizontal leverage on his opponent. He doesn't step directly behind himself, so he has a good position. I don't like that he stays square, but some coaches teach that, whatever. We got a good double team here. We get great movement by Zach Tom and John Runyon. The tight ends do a good job of running their, their player off. So in other words, that, that double team slip look works for them. We'll show one later that does as well. And it just turns into a good run. Safety makes the play. He's supposed to make the play. You get seven-yard run. That's a big deal. That's exactly how it's supposed to look. Again, we just try to make it as easy as possible. You get a little tunnel screen here. Denver. They play off a lot. If that first wide receiver can make the block, which he does, you get Zach Tom out there, absolutely flattens the safety. Show that again for fun. Watch Zach Tom just flatten the safety. Right? Easy yards. Jordan Love's completion percentage gets up. Yards get up. Confident gets up. Receivers gets a touch. Gets to be an athlete. All good. These guys do a great job here. Two tight ends, young guys. Outside slip, right? Is it perfect technique? No, but it's pretty good. Turn the shoulders. Tucker sits down. 
Musgrave rises. If he's, if he's not turned inside, if he just goes straight, this guy never gets out on the play. But again, you're downfield. You get the, you know, despite uh, Rasheed Walker missing on his block, AJ gets downhill and gets a chance to splatter a linebacker. Fantastic. Burn this play. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of this play. We don't need it. Evan, things are looking good for the first time. You're on the 30, you're always at 31. And you run the damn end around. The Guara gets out there as the fullback, as a blocking fullback, and just whiffs. And we just get stuck for nothing. And it's just, we just burn the play. We just don't need it. You know, maybe when things are going really well. Because otherwise it kind of looks, it feels desperate. Honestly, it feels desperate. So we're driving. This turn, th this series turns out to be the, the first half field goal. Could have been a touchdown. They could do a double guard tackle pull here, okay? Great play. Now, AJ sees a sliver, and he, AJ's a downhill runner. This is like an Aaron Jones play, unfortunately, but AJ's in the game. If he vol follows Zach Tom, he's he's gone. This play's gone. We got leverage. Tight ends got leverage outside. There's one person to beat. Ends up being a um, ends up being a field goal, but this is a touchdown. That's a big play, and it's another what 25 yards on the on the ground. It's a big play right there. We, you don't see those plays necessarily, but that was a touchdown. Now I say hold the line. If you want your quarterback to make these plays, and I, I highlighted this a couple of weeks ago. If you want your quarterback to throw you the ball deep, we want to talk about his accuracy. This ball is not a bad ball. You're turning all the way around. Shield the person off with your outside shoulder. Catch it over your left shoulder. Hold the line. There's a red line 10 yards off the sideline. You should be sitting there and give yourself this space. You don't jump up and turn around and do all this. is too hard. Let's catch it over your shoulder. Don't. If you do this, you have to catch the ball, period. Because you should be guard. You should be. Fending this guy off, keeping yourself away from the sideline, giving yourself space, and then late hands, make the catch over your left shoulder. And then this is a huge play. Everyone talks about what a great ball from Jordan Love. Confidence goes up. Yards goes up. We move the ball. Every, like, all positive. You got to help the guy. Zach Tom, John Runyon Jr. I love the way Zach Tom comes off the ball in double teams. It's not always perfect, but just, you know, nobody's perfect. But this dude, watch this dude, man. Guy's seven yards back. That's big time. What happens here? AJ breaks the tackle he's supposed to break, okay? Safety comes in. They have the tight end block out, which is a great mix-up as opposed to just sifting through. They try to bring the wide receiver who's off the screen to the right to come in and block the safety. But ultimately, this is a box you should be able to run on a six-man box all day. And if anybody's going to make the tackle, it's going to be the safety coming down. AJ cuts and runs through that and gets 10 yards. That's a great run. I mean, that's, that's, this is, this sounds stupid. That's all it's supposed to look like. That's it. Now everyone say, hey, should we play Yash? Should Yash come in? You know, I don't like the way Rashid Walker's play. I think we should play Yash. Okay. This is the problem with Yash. Josh has no juice in the running game. He just doesn't 
He did, he didn't have it last year. He just has no juice in there. He got beat early on the. He he got Jordan Love hit on his first pass rush, but it's understand. It's things like that happen. But he just doesn't. He doesn't have any juice in the run game. And so if you're struggling in the running game, you don't bring in somebody who's worse at blocking than the, than the guy who's in there. This is a great play design. I think we've seen this before. I think we saw it last year. So they they bring in Watson kind of over inside the tight end. And what that does is the safety comes up and says, I'm blocking the tight end. That means he's got leverage now to run across the field on a short route on that backside corner. So that backside corner's got outside leverage on him. So he's got him beat already by about four yards. And oh, by the way, he's really fast. So as he exits here, he's already won. Like this play is over. Now the the crazy thing about this get play is because because the DB falls down on the other crosser, we actually have a touchdown to the other side. But sometimes you take what you can get. Okay, I put this in here. This block, they want Luke Musgrave, rookie, to block a stand-up defensive end on an outside zone play. And I'm telling you, in time, maybe this is a thing. He's going to make this play less than 50% of the time. If you call this play 100 times, there'll be less than 50 times that he makes this play right. As of this moment right now. So I'm that maybe there's just no other time to learn. But this is tough. He just gets absolutely stood up. You see that the tackle's almost over the top of him. And where everybody wants to go versus where they can go. Everything just gets gummed up. Guar can't help him. And it's a problem. That, that's just one of those plays where you're just going, he, he's not able to do that yet. To put him off the line of scrimmage if you want him to do that and give him some help. This is another burn this play. Elgin Jenkins is a great, you know, he's, he's a good player. I'm just, I this technique this gives me nightmares from when I had, they used to try to get you to sh like, do this like shuffle cutesy thing. And then you're, cause you're trying to hit this guy square, but then he can cut inside you super easy. And you look like a fool instead of just turning your shoulders and like making sure you have a really good contact point with this guy. You're trying to shuffle sideways and then go vertical. And he just cuts across your face. You look stupid. You know, I mean, this is one of those, it's like burn it, man, or just let him do it how it feels natural to him. Cause I guarantee that guard is not saying, hey, can I back foot around my right foot and then shuffle over there and then try to get square? It's like, it's a tough play call. Opportunities here. So they bring the hot, they, they bring somebody hot. We don't know enough to pick them up. And Jordan, the hot route should be the, the inside slant because the linebackers are gone. He misses it. He tries to throw it to Aaron Jones, I believe, out in the flat, who's covered pretty well. But this is another one of those plays where you go, man, like you saw this coming. You see the opening, like you got to make this play right here. That's it. The play's right there. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't. But you see like Jones is covered actually very well. So if you are looking to that side of the field, the slant is where you're going with the ball. And look how much space he has to run. If you look at the top side of the field, obviously you see at the 42-yard line, we got the quick turnaround. But on this side, with the linebacker walked up in the A or B gap and you see him coming, these are the opportunities you got to capitalize on. Great job here by Elton Jenkins. 
this drives the bus on this play. So John Runyon actually gets kind of stood up in the hole here, but because Jenkins does such a good job of getting his man to move sideways, again, good first step. It looks like he's beat here, but he's trying to run on a track, and he's just going to get this guy's momentum going, and he just can't get past. And this is, the, this is why you run the zone. It's not a perfect block, but it gets the job done. And part of the reason he gets the job done is because Aaron Jones is in the game. Right, he's he, he can actually go all the way backside as opposed to just going back downhill. So big play, good run. Glad this play worked out for a touchdown. But when you see the footwork, he doesn't. He's not really challenged in the pocket here, and so he's running to his left. He throws over to his right. It's a, you know, Pat Sertain could have picked this off. Great play by Dobbs, but. It's not really what you want to see out of your franchise quarterback as far as, like, let's get our footwork right to make that play. The league's gone soft, boys. The league's gone soft. This play right here, this guy got kicked out for that. And I just I, – I get those rules. I get those safety things. You know, the the tight end's falling down. Cream Jackson, and I know he has a history – but the tight end's falling down, turning around. Like, there's no level that's going to feel right here. You know, if he goes – if he's he's going low, the guy falls down, hits. If he goes high, he gets kicked out. If he goes low, he gets kicked out. That's a bad call. That's – it's just – that's not – that's – Chuck Cecil is rolling over in his grave right now. I don't know if he's dead or not, but he's rolling over in his bed at least. So sometimes they just got gotcha. you. So we try to run the pull. They're running a jam front, and they bring the linebacker in the A-gap, and they just they just kind of have you. Tucker Craft's supposed to get him, but there's just no way you're going to do it. But they run the double pull again, and it just doesn't work out. And this is what we're talking about. Some, like there's, there's plays like this where scheme wins. So that scheme beat our scheme. And sometimes it happens. And it happens right before the snap, and you don't know they're going to do it. So – Sometimes that happens and you got to live with it. Now, are there are calls that you can make to fix that. Yes, there are, but do we know those calls right now? And are we, you know, no. So you you take that one and you live with it. Footwork wins. Elton Jenkins. Sheen Walker. Okay. So Rashid does a good job of just kind of driving the bus here, but watch Elton takes that second step. And then a lot of people with that footwork, because he stepped behind himself. And he took his second step and made a bumper and went straight up field. This is a big deal because he doesn't turn his body. He gets back to square. And when he gets back to square, it means that that linebacker can't very easily play over the top. So he tries to play underneath. And now A.G. Dillon's out the gate. And it's all because Elgin Jenkins just did his job. Stayed square. Didn't let the guy play over the top. Big play in the game. Everybody's seen this already. It's actually a really good throw by Love. Pump fake. I mean, just hit him right in the hands. Big man moving here. John Ryan Jr. gets beat. So Jordan's got to get rid of this ball. Maybe before he's ready. Um, can't really step into a throw here either. You see, like, if he's going to hit anybody at that mid-level, it's going to have to be an absolute dart. So he checks it off. Great job breaking that tackle at the at what's at the 33 and then getting all the way down to uh 
the 38. Now, this is the last play of the game. It's kind of a big deal because Watson gets hurt to play before this. And they're looking for this coverage, but they don't have the guy running the route. And I could be wrong on that. Maybe he's run, Maybe he's supposed to be somewhere else. But if it was me and this is the play for the game, I would have the fastest guy on the field running that right there. And all that happens here is that safety doesn't bite. He throws it. He sees the coverage. He, got to, he has the coverage he wants, so he's going to throw the ball. There's other places to throw it. I think everybody's, you know, seeing the, the replay on television. Certainly you could have ran the check down. Like you had time. But you take your chances. And that's part about, you know, being a young quarterback, I think, really, is when you um, – when you're a young quarterback and you see something, you know, it's like, sometimes you got to validate it. You see, you see it pre-snap, then you got to validate with your eyes post-snap. And sometimes as a young player, you're like, man, I got the coverage I want. I'm letting that thing rip. And you don't realize like the backside safety just started running backwards. Like he's got all you can eat and you don't have the speed where you need it. And you under through the, I mean, there's a lot of ands there, but. So what did I get wrong? I thought the, Packers had uh, – they should feel good about every play call they made offensively. I still think that, quite frankly. I don't know how we only scored 17 points. You watch the game, and it's obvious that we didn't block well enough. It's obvious that we missed some with some plays, but you don't go into that game. And I showed one or two plays where scheme loses, right, where where the where the where they out-scheme you. But it's not happening very often, right? I, and I've said this before. You lose – if you're 70 plays in a game, you lose seven, nine of them on scheme, and you lose – you know, the, the other 60 of them are determined – or 70 – or what is it? Uh, whatever my math is. 60-some-odd are, are determined on one-on-one matchups, you know? Does the quarterback get pushed off the spot because somebody got beat? Does the wide receiver take a bad cut? Does the, you know, linebacker track the ball carrier poorly? Like, it, it turns into, like, can I win my 1v1 stuff? And so you're not going to see a ton of that. You should feel good about all the stuff you ran this weekend. That was a that was you know what we thought coming in as an inferior opponent from a defensive perspective. So very very you know tough <laughs> tough sledding out there. My keys to victory number one was spy Wilson, and we kind of showed it with the the way that the pass rush plan you didn't you didn't need to spy him. He only ran once for 21 yards. It was a it was a cr- critical uh, play in the game, but we wanted to corral. And so you didn't get the pass rush that you wanted. You certainly didn't see the sack numbers that you thought you would see. Interior rush was not there at all. And it's, you know, quite frankly, I, I hate playing. I personally hate seeing ball that way. I hate it. Um, I understand why teams do it, but I hate it. Uh, I, the number two thing was take advantage of linebackers looking in the backfield with under center play action and in cuts. I, we Honestly, we didn't see a lot of it. And I don't know if you couldn't get the offense going or they're trying to run the ball. We just didn't see a lot of under center play action. Um, we didn't, we just didn't see a lot of, of some of the stuff that showed up on tape as far as challenging their secondary. We didn't see, we didn't, we didn't put in those situations. And then the third was close the door shut when you get your chances, um, because of Russell Wilson being able to come back and, and make plays. We had the Broncos on the ropes, obviously. And Russell has the big, the big, uh, you know, 21 yard scamper and they get the field, the goal head field goal. And then we, we turn end up turning the ball over, but you know, you're certainly in the game till the end. And unfortunately in these situations, you should feel pretty good about having the ball in Denver, 
driving to to kick a game-winning field goal. You had time. It's just offense isn't clicking right now. And uh, that's the way the ball bounces. So we got a couple things I wanted to go through. As far as areas of opportunity that that uh, for next week, offensively, I just offensive line I think has to play better, more consistently. And some people are going to point to the numbers and go, oh, "Listen, I'm just I'm t- I only tell you what I watch. They they just got to play better against that team. Like you go play against a really good team, it's going to be going to be tough sledding. And I showed some good plays on there, and there's some good plays to be had. You just need more of it. You just need more of it. We have to tackle. Can't I? I think we're double-digit missed tackles. It felt that way, even when I was showing the film. It feels like you double-digit missed tackles. Have to improve the communication in the secondary. And then I, I think maybe most importantly, and this has been up there for four weeks now. Less than twenty points has to win. If you give up less than twenty, you got to win the game. It just there's just no way around it. If you give up less than twenty points, at least the last two weeks, if you give up less than twenty, you got to be able to win the game. You know. So I had one listener question I thought was. There was a lot of them I already answered, but there's one listener. Do you think coaches can teach young guys or do they need more vets on this team? It's a really interesting question. I think that this team is in desperate need of some veteran leadership. And it's not necessarily – well, listen, first of all, it's, it's a lot of the mistakes. You see the mental errors that are being made. You see the technical errors that are being made as well, though. And – it's different for different positions, but there are there's some like there's some real intimacy with some positions in football, maybe more so than others. So obviously, like offensive and defensive linemen, we get pretty in, intimate together. Linebackers, we get we're pretty we're a pretty intimate group as far as if you haven't done it, if you haven't done it at that level, it's not that you can't teach it. It's that there are a couple there's there, there's a feel and nuances that takes decades of, of film study to figure out if you haven't done it uh, uh, at, the, at, at an intimate elite level. I don't know if the same can be said for wide receiver and safety, for example, right? Because they're just not touching that often. And you can see a lot of that stuff off tape. But I think it's some of these tight end. I keep going back to, you know, obviously Mercedes Lewis, you see him catching some passes for the Chicago team last night. Um, what a great story that quarterback is, by the way. But you see that and you go, how much would he be helping in the tight end room from us for just from a technical standpoint compared to whatever they're getting right now and an experiential standpoint from compared to just just coaching and you know these young guys kind of trying to figure it out together, which everybody think in theory is really fun, but in practical practical application is difficult. Um how much does an Alan Lazard or a Randall Cobb or you know, Devontae Adams help the young receivers in that room? Uh, how much does a a healthy David Bakhtiari being on the practice field and seeing his excellence every single day or a Corey Lindsley uh, seeing his professionalism every single day, um, bringing back, bringing back a, a, you know, a Chad Clifton, a Marco, a, 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 a TJ Lang, a Flanagan, and having them work with those guys at the intimate details of the sport every single day. I, there's a lot of value there. Uh, I think sometimes we oversimplify, I, we, we like to oversimplify things with, especially when it comes to what can be coached and what can be taught, et cetera. 
Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of value in, in having it guys. That, I know that Jeff Dellenbach, Frank Winters taught me more than, than, than any coach, um, in my time in green Bay. And that was the, the, that first year, certainly. So for what it's worth, you know, how do they rebound from this? I think they got the Vikings next week. They're coming out. They're going to play, uh, play tonight. And before we get into that game, you know, I just, you know, for me, when you, when you, look at the totality of the season and I think you're two and four and you don't look good and you're doing some things well, but they're just consistently doesn't feel like, like it feels like you watch some elite level teams offensively and defensively. And it doesn't feel like we're trying to do the same stuff. Not that everybody has to be the same, but whether it's, whether it's the speed of play whether it's the ingenuity of execu- you know of the scheme, whether it's just the details of execution, it doesn't look like we're on the same status level, whatever, as some of the like the really good teams. You watched the Miami Eagles game last night. Like at every level, they're playing a different brand of football, right? Offensive, defensive line, certainly, quarterback, certainly. Um, it, it, that part of it is tough. And how you get from here to there, we knew this was going to be a growing pains thing. But it goes back to question question five of the bye week. Like, is do we have everybody in the building from decision-making to coaching to personnel to players? Is it the right people to get this team turned around? And do you see at the end of 2023 and going into 2024, do you see this as a team that can compete for division championships, for conference championships, for Super Bowl, because that's been the standard for so long. I think it would be difficult to really regress and go the New England Patriots, a la missing Tom Brady. All of a sudden, they're you know they're three years removed, and it looks like they won yesterday, but it's been it's been pretty dour there. So those are the questions that somebody smarter than me can answer. Until then, we will uh, have a preview on Thursday. So be sure to check that out if you're enjoying these shows. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and view to the, the channel, Process to Perform, on, our, on YouTube.com. Hit me up, MikeWall68, on Twitter for any questions. I, that's probably pretty much the only one I check. Uh, Instagram, Process to Perform, as well. But, uh, yeah, have a great weekend, or a great week, guys, and, and we'll get back to uh, more Green Bay Packers stuff here in the next couple of days. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.